His name is Lyle Presler, punk rock legend and music industry vet. His name is Jim Shear, most tenured DJ in the history of music television. It's the week in music with Lyle and Jim, and it all starts now. Hello there, everybody. My name is Jim Shear. And I'm Lyle Presler. And on today's episode, we will talk about the 59th Annual Grammy Awards. Uh, Kanye West deletes some tweets. 50 Cent gets dissed. But before all of that, let's talk about the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. Great Super Bowl, by the way. Tremendous Super Bowl. Strange, but tremendous. If you're a Patriots fan. Yeah, I don't know if you're a football fan. I mean, I don't think no one's ever seen that before. No one's ever seen a comeback like that. No one's ever seen an overtime game. So that was pretty interesting. Yeah, and I, I feel bad for T.I. and Ludacris. Oh, yeah, definitely. All the Atlanta boys, they were, yeah. Yeah, they wanted to throw down and they couldn't. They couldn't. Darn it. Yeah, no, <laughs> not e- this year. The evil empire won again. <laughs> I know. You know, I hate the Patriots, but I didn't hate them at the end of the night. No. I thought, you know what? You got you guys earned it, man. I respect that. Well, I mean, listen, we spend, or people spend a lot of time talking about the influence of money in professional sports. And they talk about how players don't care the way they used to. But what you saw that night were players who were making a lot of money who nonetheless cared a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. they cared enough to keep their spirits up even when they was almost, I, I mean, I thought it was hopeless. Um, and to, to that point, I, I think that, you know, you can say, well, maybe some people don't care about it. They care about the money, but I think enough of them do. And I, I think the reason why they do is because that's all they've ever done all their lives. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's sort of like the old thing about why does a, you know, why does a songwriter continue to write songs? Because that's what they do and, and that's what they've always done. So even if the songs aren't any good anymore, they're still writing them. Because that's mm-hmm. all they know how to do. They're not going to sit down and like start working out complex math problems, you know, for fun. <laughs> well, let's talk about Lady Gaga's halftime show. Oh yeah. So she performed a 13-minute medley, and people seemed to really like it. I read many a tweet that said Lady Gaga quote killed it unquote. So Lyle, did she kill it? I mean, listen, I, I think she did everything that she was supposed to do. Uh, she did it all very well. She was she was in good voice. She was energetic. Um, the show was was fairly conventional in the way it was staged. Um, mm-hmm. but but I don't think that's an issue, really. I mean, there was the sort of fake jumping off the roof and the drones that were filmed uh, two days before. Um, so there was a lot of like video manipulation going on to the staging, but, but I mean, in terms of just simply executing a 13 minute performance, I think she did great and there weren't any distractions. I was very glad that she didn't bring out guests. Yes, I I know. I I thought that was a a very good call on her part. Just do what she does and like Mm -hmm. forget the guests because the guests, sometimes it works and then sometimes it's just really distracting. And you're mm-hmm. sitting there going, well, who's that? And why are they there? And what are they doing? You know, this way it was just, oh, it's her. She's doing it. And that's all there is to it. So I thought it was good. I uh, I thought it was good. Yeah, I mean, I it, I, it wasn't, it, I didn't, I, I don't think it was groundbreaking or it was like, oh, an oh my God moment. It was sort of. Because I, my kids loved it. And after the halftime show, they said, let's watch it again. So I thought, okay, that's good. Mm. Uh, I was entertained throughout. But then when I went on social media, see, why does social media exist? People were just, it was awesome. She killed it. She murdered it. Was, I had, she brought faith to humanity. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, that, that's a like, bit this much. Is, this is what she does. Exactly. That's what she does. And that's what she's been doing for a, a very long time. I, I think that... Well, I think a couple things. First of all, I think that social media is a place for extreme expression. Yes, because not everything not everything has to be the greatest, right? And uh, why can't things just be good? But exactly. But I think on social media, people don't engage in sort of subtle, measured expression. (laughs) It either sucks. Or the person's a Nazi, yeah. or or there's you know a saint, and it was the best thing ever, and and yes. I, I think that's part of it. I think the other part of it, and this I kind of heard from other people, was that I think people were surprised by her 
because I think that people hear Lady Gaga and they think of a meat dress, you know? Right. Ignoring all the things that anybody who's bothered to pay any attention to her knows, that she's a consummate performer, that she's, yes. she's very she versatile. Can play piano. Yeah, yes. she's extremely versatile. She's an extremely talented musician. And, and so I didn't, it, it didn't surprise me. In other words, I, 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 wasn't sitting, I wasn't one of those people sitting there going like, oh, I don't know what Lady Gaga's going to do. I don't know if she can pull it off. It was like, of course she's going to pull it off. So I think that kind of muted any kind of, uh, any tendency that I might have had to go, oh my God, this is incredible, was like, no, this is what she does, and, and she did mm-hmm. a good job with it, and that's all there is to it. Yeah. I, um, I did like that she took the high road. Mm-hmm. So she never mentioned the president by name. Right. But she began with some... Some traditional patriotic tunes. Yep. Patriotic which, tunes. Which was a bit tongue-in-cheek. And, well, and, and for anybody who's ever read the other verses to This Land is Your Land, we'll, we'll know that it was a song that was extremely critical about the way American society had, had evolved. So, but most people don't know that, you know? Like, most people mm-hmm. only know the one verse, and that's fine. You know, and that mm-hmm. that's and it is a patriotic song, but it's a patriotic song like many that also says, hey, you know what? We got to we got to look at some of these other things that have been going on. Um, mm-hmm. So but yeah, I thought I thought she took the high ride. There's, you know, there's no crotch grabbing and there was no there were no no Trump things. And so that mm-hmm. that's and, and I think I think also if you think about it, Jim, like that's when people really talk about these things when there's a wardrobe malfunction or there's crotch grabbing during the national anthem or whatever it is you know that's mm-hmm. when people or it's you know supposed black pantherettes dancing right i mean that's <laughs> when people you know get riled up this was just more like okay it's a halftime performance like kind of like the ones that we're sort of used to from the old days you know mm-hmm. up with people. and when she was performing this land is your land i thought wow it's really easy to stick it to the system because all you have to do is sing a traditional American song or quote a Bible passage and you can stick it to the man. You can you can get up there on a pulpit and say, love thy neighbor as yourself and you're taking, you're taking a dig at Trump. <laughs> yeah, pretty much anything that you say that's reasonably poly, uh, positive or humanitarian is now a dig, you know. It's, it's a bar has been lowered considerably. It's not hard to get over the bar. Yeah, you don't need to put out a Public Enemy album. No, no, you don't need. You can that. just quote the Bible. Exactly. Um, here's my one diss of Lady Gaga. Uh, Lady Gaga, it's no secret that she tries to put herself on the same level as Madonna. Mm-hmm. So when you put yourself on that level, you should come under the same criticism as Madonna. And I always thought Madonna was just so much more graceful and athletic than mm. Lady Gaga. Yeah. Like when Lady Gaga did the jump off the roof, I'm like, eh, it's kind of corny. And then when she grabbed the football, she jumped off the stage and caught the football. I thought, eh, Madonna wouldn't do that. And I don't know. It almost looks like something that you'd see on a sketch comedy show. <laughs> Actually, now that you mention it, the, the football thing was a little bit. It was also sort of poorly shot as well. Because doesn't she? Yeah. Doesn't she? I didn't see it for a second time. But doesn't she sort of pretty much disappear from frame so fast that? Yeah. That you kind of go like, did that just happen? When did that happen? Did that happen now? Yeah, the, the one word, the, the both jumps, I thought, oh, it's kind of cheesy. Yeah. Like, if you want to be on the same level as Madonna and Michael Jackson, don't take it there. Like, do something else. Yeah, it seemed a little American Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, when Lady Gaga first came out and she performed paparazzi at the VMAs, mm-hmm. She was hanging from the ceiling, and she was covered in fake blood. Right. And I bought it then. I, I liked it then, but I think she's at a level now where she has to take it beyond that. Mm. Mm. And maybe I'm wrong, but this is this is just me. Like I'm going to take it to a, a professional wrestling analogy now. When CM Punk was wrestling, everyone said, oh, he's one of the greatest performers since Shawn Michaels and Randy Macho Man Savage. And I thought, no, man, like Shawn Michaels and the Macho Man were much more athletic and graceful than CM Punk. Mm-hmm. And I, I know you're not a wrestling fan, so that. But I, but I, I know. Head. But well, no, I know. I know who you're talking about. Um, I, I, I don't think I could dissect it as well as you just did. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. But, well, that's interesting. You say that. So, so if she goes on tour, or she, well, she's sort of been on a tour of sorts. But if she goes on a big stage tour, then you think that she needs to really up the production. 
Well, I think she has upped the production. Okay. I think it's just, I don't know, the the jump and some of her dance moves. Do, did you ever see SCTV? Oh, yeah. The sketch comedy show with John Candy sure. and Eugene Levy. One of my favorites. Her dance moves remind me of Andrea Martin's dance moves whenever she would do a skit. Like, they're kind of herky-jerky. Well, yeah, I, I, I do think that at times Lady Gaga appears to be um, a little bit of a bull in a china shop when it comes to mm-hmm. the smooth moves. She def- Like more Liza Minnelli than Madonna. Yeah, that's true. But, but she also, I think, comes from a, a, a campier background, too. You know, like the the whole well, like Liza Minnelli, like a torch singing kind of campiness. So I don't know. I mean, maybe that's maybe we're being unfair. You know, it also irked me was the Tiffany's commercial. Did you see that? Which one was that? Five or ten minutes. It was five or ten minutes before she performed. There was a commercial break, and she was lying around, and oh, she's like, Oh, yeah, yeah no, that really irritated me. I'm a great artist. Yeah, I love I, creating. And people think it's, you know, cocky to say you're a great artist, but I think that's what great artists have to do. I'm like, no, oh, no, come no. on now. I, I, actually, I do remember this now, because I, when she said, I think it's cocky, I, I, some people think it's cocky, and I went, me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> me, I think it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm never one of those people who... Who believes that you should be tooting your own horn a lot? Like if you are, yeah. if you're the real deal, people will see that, and you'll get yes. you'll get enough accolades for it. I don't think you need to say. I mean, look, Muhammad Ali, you know the the bravado. I'm the greatest, but that's a different context, right? Because that's all about you're trying to defeat somebody else. So you're trying mm-hmm. to get in their head. You're trying to do all sorts of stuff. But I think in music and in art, I don't know that it's really uh, uh, much of a, a turn on for people to be told, I'm, I'm a genius. It's like Kanye's been doing that forever, right? I'm a genius. Mm-hmm. And I think at a certain point, the problem with doing that is that some people will agree with you, but even the people who agree with you will go, why don't you just shut up about it? You know? Yeah, like, so when that commercial came on, I thought, okay, you kind of have to, like, now your performance has to echo that commercial. You have to be a great artist. And I don't know if a quote-unquote great artist necessarily dives off stages and dives off roofs and say, come on, Houston, Super Bowl 51! Well, I also don't think Like, if she did a Doritos commercial, then she could have jumped off stages and roofs and screamed, hey, Super Bowl 51, let's go Houston. Right, right. No, that I guess that's true. And I also, But I also think that, like, let's face it, that stage is not the stage to prove what a great artist you are. I mean, that, that stage is to prove if you can perfor- you're a good performer. But it's not like you're gonna go. You're gonna sit there and, and and take a Super Bowl performance that's that has a lot of tape backing anyway, and there's a lot of audio manipulation. And you're gonna say like, oh, yeah, now that's a transformative artist right there. You know, you may you you're, you'll do what we're doing, which is kind of critique the performance. But yeah, I don't think well, you're gonna I think critique the artist. Madonna, Madonna, and Beyonce might disagree with you on that. They might. They might. Because I I I think their halftime performances. Uh, they they try to show off their artistry within it. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think you can try, but I just don't think that's really the place that it's going to go over. I mean, I I, I, I agree with yeah, that. I don't think I mean, that, you're I don't think that's dealing with yeah. all of America, right? And you're also dealing with a very a very sort of controlled situation, which which forces you to do things pretty much exactly. Well, not pretty much to do things exactly the way you've rehearsed them because otherwise there's mm-hmm. there's no room for you know there's no room for messing around like you can't right. you can't all of a sudden go like oh yeah you know what, let's try this now it's just not whereas when you go see a truly truly great artist they'll often do something that will surprise you that isn't planned necessarily because they're so versatile and so capable um and 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 I'm sure you know many examples of that where you've gone to see someone and they've sort of broke with what they were doing to, to in a way show you how masterful they are um, mm-hmm. that 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 performance is not where you can do that it, that's in fact if you try doing that it's just going to be a disaster so you know no I get that I'm yeah I'm torn on Lady Gaga because I've seen her live multiple times mm. and sometimes I get sucked into the show I'm like this is great and then in the middle of the show she'll have a cell phone integration right I, I think the the one time I saw it was with Virgin Mobile and she's like wait a second. I'm on my Virgin Mobile, and a fan's calling me. Mm. And I thought, oh, come on, man. Madonna wouldn't do that. Right. Madonna wouldn't do she that. She wouldn't have an, integra- an integrated marketing stunt in the middle of the show. Yeah, that, that, so. I think I would draw the line at that. 
if I were so inclined to be involved in integrated marketing, I don't think I'd want it in the middle of my show. But then again, I mean, I get it because that's that's how you make money. Yeah, in yeah, that's 2017, right? So, all right, but but listen, for anyone who's listening to me right now, I liked the performance. I thought it was good, but I did not think it was everything, and it did not change my life. All right, <laughs> and that's the name uh, of that onto tune. The, yes, on to the Grammys. 59th annual Grammy Awards are happening on Sunday. It's been announced that Metallica will join forces with Lady Gaga. Now that's when that's when you can have the pyro and jump off stages and hoot and holler it up. Uh, Daft Punk will join the weekend. Alicia Keys will duet with Marin Morris. Anderson Pac will be joining a tribe called Quest. And Carrie Underwood and Keith Urban will perform together. Uh, also performing, we've got Adele, Bruno Mars, John Legend, Little Big Town, Sturgill Simpson. Katy Perry is going to be debuting her new single, Chain to the Rhythm. And apparently, Beyonce will be performing, although she's pregnant with twins. Mm. And uh, between now and then, I'm sure a lot more goodies will be announced. So what are you looking forward to? Well, it's probably easier to say what I'm not looking forward to. But um, <laughs> no, I think I think it'd be interesting to see the Metallica Lady Gaga thing that I've already heard people talking about. People are like, well, that's a real stretch. And again, it's not really that much of a stretch. I don't think so. To me, that, make, that makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you hear that and go, oh, no way. Now, if you were saying Madonna with, you know, I mean... Um, there I go. That's a slip. Uh, if you're going to say <laughs> Lady Gaga with, you know, with System of a Down, then maybe we're talking, you know. But um, not with Metallica. And it'll be interesting to see what they do. I think there's probably... There, it, I, I think we may be surprised by what they do. Because... No, and I... Have you heard yeah. anything? Have you heard anything about... No, I haven't heard anything. Yeah. So I think we're going to be surprised. I think we're going to find that they probably heard something that's similar. And, and they probably will try to exploit that that fact. Um, in other words, I would be a little surprised if she just walked out there and sang like you know, Inner Sandman. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, that just whatever. But we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. I think the Tribe Called Quest thing would be interesting. Um, Daft Punk in the weekend. I mean, whatever. I don't. I mean, that new weekend song with them. I don't really care for. I think that's just sort of rote. Um, although I liked Starboy. So, but the other one, okay. I, I don't really care for too much. Um, It'll be well. The the weekend does both of the the. I mean, Daft Punk and the weekend do both of those. Oh, songs. I know. And the second one, I don't really care for. I think it's just too. It's too sedate and too, you know, just too regular. Wrote it doesn't. If 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 I heard the weekend, if that's the first song I ever heard from the weekend, I would be like, yeah, whatever. Whereas I, fortunately, that's not the first song I heard from. So right, that's, that's good. I mean, not that he's not entitled to do whatever he wants to do, but I just I don't care that much about it. Um. I'm not looking forward to John Legend um, at all. Uh, Bruno Mars, fine. Adele, she's going to do what she does. I, I, I am interested to see what Katy Perry does um, because I'm always interested to see when these people are big, big stars and they've had a layoff and to see what they she, come I back I feel with. like she did this a handful of years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She popped up on the Grammys and she premiered a new song. Right. So and it's to all- me, I don't like it because I can't sing along. Oh, I get that, but I'm just saying. I just want to see if if she's quote unquote still got it, whatever right. it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, so that, yeah, from be that from that viewpoint, yeah, I'm excited to see what she got now, and I think she has blonde hair now. So how will she perform as a blonde? Yeah, exactly. Who knows, <laughs> America? The burning questions. Chain to the rhythm is the new single, and then Beyonce. How much movement does she do on stage? Well, I mean, you know, it it depends. I mean, you know, women who are pregnant work out, you know. Um, so who knows? I, it'll be interesting. To she see. looks she looks bigger than she did the last time she performed pregnant. She's big, big, <laughs> and she has yeah, she has two kids two in there. Two kids in there, yeah. So, but how cool for those kids? I mean, you know. You know, I know. How cool! Like it, later on in life, it's like here you look, look, there you yes. you were in there, and I was doing that. <laughs> I think that's great. I think that's I think that's wonderful. So we'll see what happens. All right. So fifty uh, ninth annual Grammy Awards happening this Sunday, and Lyle, you and I could spend 
a whole day talking about the awards. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to concentrate on the two big ones, Album of the Year and Song of the Year. Mm-hmm. So let's give our predictions. Uh, we'll start first with Song of the Year. Okay. There's Formation from Beyonce, Hello from Adele, which feels five years old, uh, I Took a Pill in Ibiza from Mike Posner, Love Yourself from Justin Bieber, and Seven Years from Lucas Graham. So I need a prediction right now. Okay, well, let's let's reiterate that Song of the Year is about the writer. Yes. Correct? Okay. You could perform this with an acoustic guitar. Right. Or the greatest beats on GarageBand. You can do, any, yeah, absolutely anything. Um, and it sounds great either way. My prediction is that Hello will win. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's a, a chance that Love Yourself will win because that is an Ed Sheeran song, right? Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think yes. that's the dark horse there. I would love to see I Took a Pill win. Um, now, yes. and we've talked a lot about how sometimes votes cancel out. But but one of the things that I know from experience is that people who fill these things out, v- very few of them actually sit down to take the time to really think about it. And they'll do things like, well, I voted for her here, so I'm not going to vote for her there. Or, mm-hmm. or I don't recognize any of this stuff, so I know hello, so I'll just do that one. Um, and this happens and, all the time. And we've discussed this on the show before, mm-hmm. where there's actually an acoustic version of I Took a Pill in Ibiza. Right. That's actually the original. And then the one we hear on the radio is the remix. So we've heard it both ways, right. and it sounds good both ways. It does, yeah. Yeah. No, I would love to see that win. And and again, you could have a lot of vote canceling in there and either that or even seven years could win just because of the canceling. Yeah. Um, no, it could. It could. It could. So I uh, you know what? I I'm not copying off you, but my prediction is hello mm-hmm. from Adele will win, even though it's old, because I feel like that's probably what everyone thinks is the best song on the list. Uh I was thinking about Love Yourself because yeah. I thought that has a chance. And there's also the Beyonce factor, which always plays a role. But I, I, I think it's going to be Hello from Adele. Well, I mean, I think the other problem with Love Yourself is that, again, knowing what I know about the way people tend to fill these ballots out, um, people just see Justin Bieber. And, and if, if they just see Justin Bieber, there's a lot of people who knee-jerk react against him. Although I think the record he put out is a really good record, and I think he shows enormous maturity in terms of his in music maturity, uh, if not other maturity. But um, but you know the thing is, there's knee jerk reactions to things. So some people will not even give the song a chance because they'll just see Bieber and they'll just go, "Nah, I'm not fun for that." So yeah. you just so you know it's know. a good song though. And what someone need what, if you guys haven't done it yet. Do yourself a favor. Do it today. Listen to Hello from Adele, and then immediately after, listen to Love Yourself from Justin Bieber, and it sounds like a response track. Mm, yeah, that's true. Like the old Roxanne, the old Roxanne, Roxanne. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's it's amazing. So it sounds like Adele, and when you listen to them side by side, it sounds like Adele singing about Justin Bieber, and then Justin Bieber singing about Adele. <laughs> it's a great companion songs. That's great. So um, so let's go to the album of the year now. Okay. 25 from Adele, Lemonade from Beyonce, Purpose from Justin Bieber, Views from Drake, and A Sailor's Guide to Earth from Sturgill Simpson. So not what you want to win, what will win. Drake. What? Really? Drake, yeah, Drake will win. Wow. Yeah, Drake will win because... Um, Adele won't win. Adele and Beyonce will cancel each other out. Um, now, there's an outside possibility that Sturgill Simpson will win. That's my prediction. Because they'll all cancel each other out. Mm-hmm. And there'll be enough of the hardcore, I would say like the 20-25% of Grammy voters who will go, you know what, we've got a lot of pop awards here. And I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna do that. We're gonna. I'm gonna go for the dark horse here. I'm gonna go for the, the country artist, the sort of outside the mainstream person. I'm gonna go for Sturgill Simpson. So I think there's. Yeah, a possibility. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to compare Sturgill Simpson to Donald Trump. Right. But think about it. Donald Trump was elected president. The New England Patriots won the Super Bowl, and it would make sense that a country artist 
win album of the year. Mm-hmm. Once again, not lumping in Sturgill Simpson with Donald Trump, but I think that's just the way our country's going. It could be. It people could are like, be. yeah, I'm giving it to a country artist this year. Yeah, and 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 people. Do, I mean, I've watched people do that too. Like I've, <laughs> I've watched people sit there and go, I'm tired of that. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of that. I don't really know what that is, but I'm voting for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, and so it's a possibility. And, and of course, it's not. It's not like Sturgill Simpson's record didn't get enormous accolades. And oh, you know, and, I mean, and it's it's up there because it's a great album yeah, and he's a great yeah, performer. Absolutely. So I wouldn't be surprised, but I somehow think that Drake might but because of the vote splitting again because of the knee jerk reaction to Bieber I think there's a possibility Drake could could sneak through there um see I think when I looked at the list initially I thought no Bieber's out Drake's out Adele maybe Sturgill Simpson or Beyonce well, and then I, I thought Sturgill Simpson, just because that feels like the the way the the way we're going right now. Yeah, and I also think that um, I think that that Lemonade probably deserves to win, um, just because it's sort of in a in a way it kind of redefined a lot of the way albums are done with the, yeah, with the whole it's thing. constructed. Exactly. Yeah, it's constructed like a great album. And I and I think that if you're really looking at it from that standpoint, you'd have to vote for it. But I think that there's enough people who are just kind of like I, I I'm a little tired of the whole thing. I'm I'm a little bit worn out by the back and forth over it. Um, is it a really political record? Is it not a you know all that stuff? And I think that's I think that probably hurts it in the long run. But but if people were really thinking about this critically from both a an artist standpoint and an artistry standpoint, and also from a music business standpoint an industry standpoint you probably would look at Beyonce and say that should win but I I just don't know that that will happen because again I just don't I don't think enough people fill out their ballots that way well we'll see who's right and who's wrong all right for three for three years I had I correctly predicted the album of the year and then that whole year with Beck threw me off oh that was a throw off for everybody and I've been in a I've been in a tailspin ever since (laughs) We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we are going to talk about the rapper who recently dissed 50 Cent. Hey everybody, Jim Shear with Lyle Presler on the Week in Music, back after a week off. Hey, did you know that yesterday was International Clash Day? I did. I did. Nine nine North American cities teamed up with 23 different radio stations to celebrate the punk rock legends, The Clash. Uh, So Lyle, did you do anything to celebrate? No, I, I, I feel like I gave it the office, you know, back in the day. (laughs) <laughs> I listened to enough. No, that was Clash. nice, though. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I think it's great, and I think that I think actually the Clash have a very good chance of of being one of those bands that transcends generations. You know, they can become sort of the doors of their period. You know, where people who never saw them were kids or little kids or not even born when they were playing, mm-hmm. will get into them. Because The Clash, unlike a lot of other things from that period, actually have not just the music at the core, they have a social thing at the core, they have all, mm-hmm. almost an entire world that they built that surrounds mm-hmm. them, in addition to being granted accolades like the greatest band in the world, the greatest band ever, you know. And so I think they have a really good chance of, of maintaining an enormous popularity for, for generations because they're just that, they feel like that kind of band. And there are some songs being posted on Facebook and Twitter and people saying, you know what, this song sounds really relevant right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with the, the current state of... Uh politics, I, I think the, the Clash are going to get more play than they have in, say, the last few years. Well, and, and yeah, you, and you raise an interesting point. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of the Clash stuff is really high and inside for anybody who's not living in England at that time. I mean, they're making references to stuff that even today I don't really know what they're talking about. 
Um, because I mean, I just not wasn't immersed in that political situation. I didn't know the characters of the players. Um, right. But there was enough of their political and social music that didn't specifically reference anything that that we no longer understand, and and therefore it can be applied. It has a universality to it that that works. So I think you're right. Mm-hmm. So happy Clash Day, one day late. So Fifty Cent's son. Marquise Jackson dropped a diss track on the internet this week, and guess who he dissed? His dad, 50 Cent. Let's take a listen. Down the line, that's fine. I lost my pops, still alive. Say they for a different song, a different time. And funny how everybody know me sitting chime. And crazy how what they speak of helped me write these lines. What's the difference between me and you? You talk a good one, but you don't do what you supposed to do. I act on how I feel, never deal with emotion. I'm trying to live big dog style, straight toasting. So What's Lyle, should should 50 Cent respond? I don't know what you do about stuff like that, man. I really don't. You were saying he wasn't there. <laughs> I, I I don't know what you do about that. It's um isn't somebody else being sued by their dad? Um isn't isn't somebody there's another musician who's being sued by their 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 father um yeah i don't i don't know when these when these interfamilial uh lawsuits go on or disses go on i don't know what you do about stuff like that i don't know whether you respond or whether you just go sorry my man <laughs> i mean should he get darth vader and cut his hand off i don't know that's that's a tough one man i i, I definitely wouldn't want to be in that situation so yeah, do you act as a dad in this situation or as a rapper? Like, oh, okay, okay, that's how you. All right, I'm I'm gonna drop a track now. I don't know. I mean, I think it depends on the state of of, of play with Fifty Cent. I mean, you know, is is he still considered to be really in the game or not? I don't know. I can't believe I just said in the game, but I did. Okay, so yeah, if he's no. if he's in the game, it sounded quite natural. Yeah, I mean, but what I'm saying is like if if Fifty Cent really is still like I'm still trying to be the man, then maybe he needs to respond. If his attitude is like, yeah, whatever, that's sort of a, I mean, I'm not really that interested in getting into that or or or, or maintaining some position, then he might just decide to ignore it. Or, because you like to bring up conspiracy theories, mm. what if Marquis said, hey, Dad, could I diss you? He's like, yeah, man, Like, I'm sure it'll get a nice little blip on social media. Yeah, go for it. Right. Well, that's possible, too. Right. Exactly. Because I, I don't think it's bad. Like, I was like, oh, all right, let me listen to him. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. God, you kind of have a good flow. I like it. So, all right. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We shall see. So uh, we, we talked about the Ron Howard Beatles documentary, Eight Days a Week. Uh, so it was recently announced that Showtime will be airing a Beach Boys Pet Sounds documentary. It originally aired on BBC, but our version will have more footage. So are you excited to see this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I really want to see this. I mean... Because last year was the, the 50th anniversary of Pet Sounds. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's it's... I mean, anybody who's interested in recording, in writing, in in how how these things come together, I, I think you need to gobble up as much of that stuff as you can because that record, along with, say, Sgt. Pepper, like th- th- those are records that are astronomically important in the in the music canon, and the way they were mm-hmm. put together is very interesting and involves so many. So many people and so many skills, and yet at the center of them are geniuses. So it's sort of how those geniuses brought their ideas to bear and how the people around them kind of filled in and fit in to make these records. Whether they were producers or studio musicians or the musicians themselves, um, you know, in the case of Sgt. Peppers, we know that, that George Martin did some stuff while they went to sleep, you know? And they'd come <laughs> in the next day and he'd be like, I just did this, what do you think? And they're like, whoa, you did that backwards. That's crazy. And so there's mm-hmm. enormous stuff that goes on in those recordings. And I, th- I think it'll be great to see it. Yeah, I wonder if someone younger watching that could appreciate everything that that album did. I don't know. Because years after the fact, if you listen to Pet Sounds, you're like, oh, yeah, that's really good. But you don't understand how many leaps it took to get there. Well, I, I always think that's the problem. I mean, it's, it's, we, tend, we tend to listen to stuff out of context, right? 
I mean, which is which is inevitable. And in some ways, you can argue, you can always make the argument that something should, if it's really great, it should be able to stand outside of context. You know, mm-hmm. I should be able to play you a song, and it doesn't matter what era it's from. It doesn't matter what was going on. It doesn't matter who cares about these people, who is influenced by them. You just sit there and you listen to it, and you go, "This is great." Yeah, because I like if you if uh, if someone younger watches Seinfeld, mm-hmm. I think they would be entertained by it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they would realize how revolutionary it was. Exactly, exactly. Because because in order to know that, you'd have to know everything that was happening around it. Mm-hmm. Right? And you'd have to understand. But it's still good. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's still And good. I'm sure they could listen to Pet Sounds and be like, yeah, this is a good album. Right. But to truly appreciate it, you're right. You have to really understand where this thing came from, which was essentially out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah. It's, uh, so maybe the documentary will do that job for everyone. Well, I hope so. Yeah. So, um, from his Twitter account, Kanye West has deleted all tweets defending Donald Trump. Seems like he's coming over to the other side, huh? I don't know. Because this was, uh, I think, first reported by TMZ, and they said, according to a source, Mm -hmm. you know, I I don't know what that means, but according to a source, Kanye is distancing himself from Trump because of the whole anti Muslim thing. Well, might be bad for business. That's interesting. I mean, the problem with analyzing Kanye West's motives <laughs> in any given situation is that he tends to behave in very erratically. So, I have no way of of sitting there and saying, I mean, in other words, if this was a level playing field, I could say, "Okay, I see what he's doing." But with Kanye, mm-hmm. it's like all peaks and valleys, so I have no idea. I mean, it, it could. This could be a prelude. Like, like I'm cleaning out the the archives so I can go on a fresh, you know, yeah. <laughs> make some fresh statements. I don't know. But it's funny because even when Kanye doesn't tweet, when he deletes tweets, it makes a headline. Oh, sure, absolutely, yeah. So this week, legendary producer David Axelrod passed away. He was 83 years old. Uh, his work's been sampled by many, and he was mourned online by DJ Shadow and Quest Love. And uh, Quest Love posted on Instagram, So sad to hear about the passing of musician-composer David Axelrod. He was so immersed in creativity and so pure with his arrangements, he was hip-hop mm. and understood and appreciated hip-hop culture. Most cats would get guarded about time moving on and easily take the no disposition if they aren't informed. David embraced and often reached out to producers and beatmakers for cool collabos. Uh, His appreciation for music and his ability to recognize musicianship is what I'll take from him. Rest in melody. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And the big one is one of his arrangements was sampled by Dr. Dre. Right. For the uh, the song, the next episode. Right, that's right. And when you hear it, you're like, oh wow, yeah, yeah. And, and it's actually, almost genius Axelrod for Dre had, to cherry pick that. Yeah, well, and Axelrod had a very interesting career, um, and and his big breakthrough came with uh, when he was working for Capital, and um, he started working with uh, Julian Cannibal Adderley, who was at the time uh, the the first really were one of the biggest crossover jazz artists into pop into the mainstream and um and he his first passion was jazz um although mm-hmm. later on he got into all sorts of things and even even wrote some songs and 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 put them together for the electric prunes um so there was a, he had a varied career but um i think from everything that you read in here he was as quest love says sort of a consummate musician musician's musician you know mm-hmm. and and he uh and he it's one of those guys where if you read about his life, it's interesting because it could very easily have been that he never got into music at all, despite being a genius. Like, he, he, didn't, he didn't come up through an obvious route to get to music. He all of a sudden just sort of, like, was doing other things and then was like, I'll take my out, I'll play drums and stuff. And the next thing you know, boom, he's... He's, he's mm-hmm. all of his genius is on display. So, and 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 that's interesting that the hip hop people, and that shows you, uh, when when anybody ever talks about hip hop in a derogatory way, um, I often say, well, you know, like every other kind of music, there are the people who just do it to do it because it's what you do, and then there are the people who actually understand all the underpinnings, 
understand the musicianship, seek out the right stuff, and and obviously with the praise for him, you understand that those people weren't just looking right in front of them, they were looking all over the place and finding mm-hmm. the things that really appealed to them, so, and incorporating them, so. Yep. So, rest in peace to David Axelrod, and also rest in peace to Mark Spitz, who was the uh, the go-to writer for Spin Magazine. Uh, a lot of cover stories for them. Mm-hmm. I think he was also a playwright. He was sort of a, a rock star journalist. I read a piece online this week done by Alan Light, who worked with him at Spin. Yes. And he said David wanted to be a rock star, and he wanted to fly close to the sun. And you would think that he was lazy because he wanted to associate himself with rock stars, but he said he was one of the hardest working guys that he ever met. Oh, the output is incredible when you think about it. I mean, if you look at the number of plays he wrote and, and, and novels and then other books, um, he, and, and I have to say that um, I, I didn't read him as much as I probably should have, but if you want to just get a, just a brief insight into the way he, the way he approached, and, and Alan Light describes this accurately, but the way he approached music and his feelings about music, just read um, his sort of piece about Scott Weiland when he died. And if you read that little piece, which is only, it's a short thing, um, you realize, you can see all of that in there. His, his insightfulness, but also his fundamental love for, for music and for rock music mm-hmm. and for performing and and it's all on display in just a few paragraphs which is really nice you can find that easily just look that up it's good yeah in the 90s and then into the early 2000s when i was reading articles i would actually look to see who wrote it Mm -hmm. because when i was younger i would just read an article i'm like oh i just want to read about the band right so names started to pop up like alan light Mm -hmm. and mark spitz and david frick yep and brian hyatt and his name is is up there with all of them. Absolutely. Like oh like oh yeah okay you gave this one to Mark Spitz good because I know he'll do a good job on it. Right. It's it's just a and, shame that he died so young, you know. Yeah, forty seven years old. Yep. So uh, rest in peace to Mark Spitz. Birthdays today. Well, we have a few. Uh, Vince Neil from Motley Crue is fifty six mm-hmm. years old. The aforementioned Anderson Pack is thirty one yeah. years old today. And we have and a, he's up for best new artist at the Grammys. He is so this is good. This is a thirty-one years old. Very exciting time. Hardly a child. Um, he's been he's been working for a while. Right. Um, we have mm-hmm. a, a trio of bass players today. Strangely, oh, Jeremy Davis of Paramore, formerly of Paramore, uh, is thirty-two. David Farrell from Lincoln Park is forty, and okay, Paul Barker from Ministry is fifty-eight. Oh, nice! It was a base. A, it was a, a good day to give birth to bass bass players. Exactly. It's uh, my goddaughter's birthday, so maybe she'll be a bass player. I was going to say, does she play bass? We'll we'll find out. We'll find out. And she's only one. Yeah. Uh, so the number one single on the Billboard Hot 100, "Shape of You" from Ed Sheeran. The number one album on the Billboard 200, "Culture" from Migos. The number one song on iTunes, Million Reasons from Lady Gaga. That is the Super Bowl push. Yep. The number one album on iTunes, Joanne from Lady Gaga. And the number one song on Spotify, Shape of You from Ed Sheeran. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, Lyle and I have our music picks of the week. Jim Shear and Lyle Presler on The Week in Music. We do this every week, our music picks of the week. Sometimes they're new songs, sometimes they're old songs. Most of the times, uh, they're songs we like, and sometimes they're songs that we hate and we just want to discuss. <laughs> right. Uh, so for me this week, it's actually a new song, uh, just released, hot off the presses. It's called Every Single Thing from Home Shake. And when the new albums come out, a lot of albums come out every week. Mm-hmm. Many people don't really... Many, some people think, oh yeah, like five albums come out a week. No, there's like a lot of albums that come out every single week. So I can't listen to them all. So what I'll do is I'll usually read a description. Mm-hmm. And if it says shoegazing or psychedelic, I usually skip over those. <laughs> 
But I liked the I liked reading uh, this snippet. It said minimal R and B, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. What is minimal R and B? And then there was another description that called it thrift shop synth pop. What does I thought, that okay. mean? <laughs> is that? But I mean, is that where you go to a thrift shop and you find like an old Casio keyboard? Yeah, I think so. That's that's what I got in my head. That's the vision that I saw. Okay. Didn't yeah. didn't Mac so I, didn't Macklemore talk about that? Yes, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in thrift shop. Right, mm-hmm. but I mean, but a getting actually getting a keyboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. No, and I've I've purchased many keyboards at go. thrift shops. All right, although although the best time to get those was in the nineties because you could get a lot of those great old Casio keyboards. Right, right. And now, if you go to a thrift shop, you can only get like a, an Ernie and Bert keyboard <laughs> that doesn't even have an output. <laughs> right, right. So, but when I listened to Home Shake, I thought, well, it does sound like minimal R&B in thrift shop synth pop. So here it is, every single thing from Home Shake. Are you familiar with Mac DeMarco? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah. Because Peter Cigar, who is Home Shake, played guitar for Mac DeMarco. So that kind of puts things in better context for me. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because they're kind of on the the, the same wavelength there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like Home Shake could open up for Mac DeMarco. So uh, your pick of the week. What do you got? Well... I, I went a little bit. It's 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 quote unquote a new song. Um, uh, it's uh, from Chance the Rapper. It's Same Drugs, um, mm-hmm. which was the first song I ever heard from Chance. Um, uh, a friend of mine's son insisted upon late night when we were all a little bit inebriated. He decided that he wanted to play me Chance, and I okay. was like pretty happy because you know I don't always. I, I need to find pe- people who will introduce me to stuff. You know sometimes. So he mm-hmm. uh, turned it on at top volume, um, and that's the first thing I heard, and I really liked it. Um, and so this week, uh, Chance uh, put out a video for it. And mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it, you really should see it because it's, I mean, it's cute. It's real cute. Let's just put it that way. But I and think... He's sitting at a piano with a, a life-size puppet. There's puppets in it. Yes, there are puppets. And so we can go back and, in fact, we could probably do a whole show on puppets in music videos. Mm-hmm. Which you know would be interesting, but um, or maybe not. Um, but I think I think Same Drugs is a very good for anyone who hasn't listened to Chance. I think it's a good place to start with him, um, and I think it shows how versatile and interesting he is. But also, I think this might be this might be the song that kind of pushes him a little bit further into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it, it might. I mean, the SNL performance obviously helped him as well, um, but it's sort of like you still find people who are kind of like, yeah, I've heard this guy's name Chance or something, you know, and they don't really know. And I think this is 
maybe a song and with the video that can push it a little bit further into the mainstream. Yeah, well, I tell people, he's the guy with the baseball hat with a big number three on it. There you go. Oh, yeah, that's Chance the Rapper. Oh, okay. Yeah, so here is uh, Same Drugs from Chance the Rapper. We don't do the same drugs no more. We don't do the, we don't do the same drugs. Do the same drugs no more. Cause she don't. Do the same drugs no more. We don't do the, we don't do the same drugs. Do the same drugs no more. When did you change? When do you've aged? I thought you never grow up. I thought you never. Window closed. Wendy got old. I was too late, I was too late. A shadow of what I once was. We don't do the same drugs no more. We don't do the, we don't do the same drugs. Do the same drugs no more. She don't laugh the same way no more. We don't do the, we don't do the same drugs. Do the same drugs no more. Where did you go? Why would you stay? You must have lost your marvels. You always were so forgetful. In a hurry. Don't wait up. I was too late, I was too late. A shadow of what I once was. Cause we don't, we don't do what we say we're gonna. You were always perfect. And I was only practice. Don't you miss the day? Happy thoughts. The past tense, past bedtime. Wake back then when everything we read was real and everything we said rhymed. Why'd I kids being kids? Why did you stop? What did you do to your hair? Where did you go to end up right back here? When did you start to forget how to fly? Don't you cut? Don't you breathe? Stay in the line, stay in the line. Down the line. Do the same just We don't do, don't do the same just Don't you cut? Don't you breathe? We don't do the same yeah, because uh, it's interesting that a lot of the hip-hop guys these days aren't making traditional hip-hop songs. Right, right. Well, and, and I think that's that's largely because there's just so many hip-hop songs. Yeah, like, I mean, look at Drake. Half of his album will be rap songs, and the other half will be sort of like those pop R&B numbers. Or whatever it is that Drake does, which I still right. haven't yeah, quite figured out. What he out. does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Childish Gambino who was a rapper by trade, put out an album where he doesn't even rap at all. Right, right. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. Well, I mean, I you see it in almost every musical genre that, that takes, you know, that, that becomes a big thing. And that some At a certain point, some people go like, yeah, I don't really want to do that. Like, I, I want to do something different. You know, for, for, the, for the hardcore thing, it became incorporating metal into it. 
you know, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you had these bands. And then, of course, everyone did it. But but for a while there, there were only a couple of hardcore bands that were actually sort of what I would call more metal bands. They were starting to actually play more guitar solos. They were doing some other kinds of things. And, you know, it's sort of in, inevitable that people kind of get either bored with what's been done or they or they just say, you know, I got to stand out somehow. So this is what I'm going to do. But I think, in the, yeah. I think in the case of Chance and some of the others, it's sort of like it shows their their appreciation for lots of different kinds of music and it's called it's called branching out that's right and and it's been going on now for a long time and you know i i I really if you'd asked me i would have thought hip-hop would have petered out um but it hasn't at all in fact it's undergone rock rock has rock has rock has petered out yeah Yeah, definitely well speaking of the hardcore bands doing metal Mm. i guess i'm sort of a traditionalist and when I was in punk bands, and a drummer would toy around with a double bass drum pedal, I'm like, "No, you can't do that! Yeah, no, yeah. don't do it! Yeah, I, I get it out of here! Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really go for much of that stuff. I mean, I, I, I understood. I mean, some of it, you know, some of it was good, but I think a lot of it just became. I, I always got the impression that sometimes it was just metal guys who, like a week ago, were metal guys. Who cut, <laughs> who cut their hair, bought some Doc Martens, and said, "Okay, now you know, I'm not getting arrested playing metal, so I'm going to do this." <laughs> but I remember there was this band called the Necros, and they were from the Midwest, and they they were starting to sort of flirt with the whole, you know, the whole sort of metal music incorporating into hardcore, whereas they'd been a pretty standard hardcore band, and they ended up going on tour with Megadeth. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. And apparently, like, the first couple of nights, they were just getting, like, things thrown at them. You know? I mean, just just horrible. And so the singer decided, the, like, the third or fourth night, man, this, is, this can't go on. We can't go on. We can't continue this on tour with these guys if we're going to get this every night. So he decided to start adopting a much more metal frontman attitude about things. And he, uh-huh. he told me about a show in which... They started playing and it was still kind of rocky. And then he, you know, at the, at the end of the first or second song, he looked down and he goes, he just said, If I was going to start an army and I'm thinking about doing just that, these two right here would be my first recruits. And the crowd went wild, you know. And then from that point, they kind of got like what, how they had to perform in order to make it work. But one of the things they said was is that the, the metal audiences at that time were so much more into musicianship. Like they would talk about the lead guitar player like, oh, he's really mm-hmm. good. He's not as good as so-and-so. He's better than so-and-so. And whereas in, in punk rock or in, in hardcore, nobody talked about that. I mean, right. nobody, I mean, and not because people weren't good, because they were really good musicians, but it just wasn't something you talked about. So it's a completely different idea, but I sort of had a, a little bit, I, I mean, to me, it sort of seemed like, if you want to play metal, just go play metal, you know? But then, yeah. but then of course, you had, you know, you had Megadeth, you had Metallica, you had Anthrax, so they, they took yeah, that. Then you got to buy buy different clothes. And, and Different clothes, different hair. Different hairstyle, yeah. You gotta take different drugs, you know, the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly. Whole change of lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna take one more break, and when we come back, we will play Ask Lyle. Hello from the Everybody, coming down the home stretch of the week in music, Jim Shear with Lyle Presler. Time now for Ask Lyle. Ask Lyle. So my question this week, I guess it's a Grammys question, but it could also be a Super Bowl question. Mm. A lot of people like to have Super Bowl parties. 
A lot of people will be having Grammy parties this weekend. So how does Lyle Presler like to enjoy the Grammys? Party or no party? Nah, I, I don't. I don't like the party thing. Because you can't really absorb it all no, when if, there's a party going as on. As a matter of fact, interestingly enough, for the last several years, I was going to Super Bowl parties. I hate I hate Super Bowl parties. Well, this is the thing. Prior to that, I had probably been to maybe two Super Bowl parties in my life. And mm-hmm. one of them was when the Redskins played the Broncos and went down 10 points, which was mentioned in this Super Bowl. The Redskins got mm-hmm. down 10 points in the first quarter and then scored 35 points in the second quarter. And um, I, I just, being at the party, I remember that whole thing as a complete blur. It pretty much was a blur anyway, but I, I remember it as a blur. And I remember feeling after the the next day like, boy, I wish I'd really just sat down and watched that game rather than hanging out with all these guys and gals and having a party. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of got turned off of it. And then for, for reasons which I don't need to go into but for social reasons i ended up having to go for a number of years a string of years to a super bowl party and um what i found was that i was hardly watching the game um there was just yes. there were too many people there was too much other conversation going on and i would sort of like look out of the corner of my eye at a big screen and go like okay i just saw that i couldn't get into it and i used to really like it because once we had our, our child we kind of had to leave at halftime or right after the halftime performance so I would, mm-hmm. get, I would get home in time to watch the fourth quarter by myself, you know, like in front of a television set. And um, so this year I didn't have a party. And it was fun because it was just uh, my family just sitting there watching it. And my, my daughter has actually gotten kind of into football, which is surprising. And she can actually tell you that a holding penalty is 10 yards and stuff like that, which is, which is interesting. Um, but so I kind of I prefer it. The Super Bowl thing, I kind of prefer just being in a room with maybe maybe a couple of people, you know, uh, for for color, and um, and um, right. and then just doing it that way. Um, for the Grammys, I almost can't imagine trying to watch that in a party situation. <coughs> you know, I mean, people do it. Well, people do it. I know they do it, but like, it seems to me that you would just miss everything. I mean, people might be yes. people might be quiet for the performance, but as soon as someone started speaking, people would start talking. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, listen, you can go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony and people talk through people's speeches. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's sort of outrageous, really, but but they do it. So, um, you know, I think people I think people generally speaking feel less comfortable sitting silent while someone's talking to them than they do listening to music, say. They just, they just, they feel like they almost like they have to fill the space with something. Like they have to have a dialogue Mm -hmm. going on. And, and, Mm -hmm. and as as a person who's notorious for talking back to a television set, which I do all the time, um, you know, like like I said, when Lady Gaga said, you know, some people think this, I go, yep, me, I think that. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm, I'm kind of thinking that if there were a room full of people like me, I wouldn't hear one word of any acceptance speech or any introduction. So for me, it, I don't know. I think the Grammys are something that you sort of, again, you just sort of sit down and kind of absorb it in an environment where you can really absorb it. What about you? So you'll be watching from home? Yeah, definitely. What about you? I'll be watching from home too. Yeah, there you go. I think it's easier to concentrate on it. The kids will be in bed and my wife will probably be in bed too by around 10, 30, 11. Well, yeah, my, my daughter will probably run out of steam at some point. Um She'll be very excited for it, but then after a few things, she'll be like, eh, it's boring, yeah. you know? Um, and who knows? I mean, sometimes it's very boring, so we'll see. Yeah. I saw, but I, I watch every year. Yeah. I feel like I, feel like I need to. Yeah, so. I, feel, I feel like it's something you, you know, it, it, it always was the water cooler thing. You, you sort of needed to listen to it, watch it, and, and be able to talk about it the next day. You know, it's mm-hmm. one of those things. I mean, I, I've I've known people who who took the water cooler uh, concept as far as it could be taken. They they would watch things and listen to things that they weren't at even slightly interested in, just so that the next day yeah. they could they could opine. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. and sometimes that's a good thing because you know you don't want to put somebody on the spot where they say, oh, no, 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 no. and then you go like, yeah, I don't know, I didn't watch it. 
because that's sort of that's mm-hmm. a that's a real conversation shutdown. <laughs> yeah, it also kind of makes you look like an ass too sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, don't be left out of the conversation. Right, that's why watch I watch the Grammys watch, on Sunday. That's why I watch WrestleMania all the time, right? <laughs> <laughs> and before we go, breaking news: last night, for the first time in eleven years, Skrillex rejoined his emo band first to last really or from well they're they're called from first to last Uh i forgot the from wow so sunny moore performed with from first to last all right so if you don't think there's hope for this country think again baby (laughs) yeah for lyle presler my name is jim shear and we will see yins later Ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has just left the building.